Hello, and welcome to episode seven of your mom's podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Dylan. I'm Avis. I'm Caroline. And I'm Charlie. And today, we're recording a special season one retrospective. Anything else? (laughs) I think that's it. Hell yeah. (laughs) For the intro. Cool. I think we must move on. All right, guys. All right. Guys, that was good work. That was perfect. So let's talk about season one, guys. Yeah. 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 What do we have to to say about the show? Well, I think maybe we should start with a general recap of season one. Do you, Charlie? Did you think of that on your own? I figured, I I thought of that on my own, and then maybe have a little free talk. (laughs) Charlie, that's really smart. That is brilliant. Brilliant. So let's do a recap of what happened in season one. I feel like things would need to happen in season one. <laughs> That's a really fair point. One For thing, one thing happened in season one, and it doesn't even mm-hmm. happen because she because Snake saves the day. Mm-hmm. Season one is season Jeez. one is a lot more character driven than plot driven. It's kind of like Mad Men in that way. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's where they got the idea for Mad Men, actually. <laughs> Probably, oh I gosh. think so. Yeah, no, I think I read John Hamm said something about it. It definitely, you got you guys are saying it's it's more character driven, and I think that is a strong suit for this because it really does a fantastic job of introducing you to all of these characters and setting them up in a really consistent and like good way to to where. Yeah. By the time we'd gotten to the end of the season, I was like, I don't even like this character, but I still don't want them to make this mistake. Right. (laughs) Also, there's just, there's so many of them that it really does take all season to get to know them and get to know their dynamics with the other students, what's going on with their family. Yeah, that's like why the intro serves such a funny purpose is like you see all these people, but you don't know anything about them yet, but you get that intro you know, in the first episode and you're like, oh, these are all the people we're going to learn about. But you don't learn about half of them until, you know, like way off in the season. But it's definitely laying a lot of framework and you get a lot of time with each character. Like you learn enough about them that you don't feel like they're just a bystander or a caricature or whatever. I think that Degrassi really differs from a lot of other teen dramas in that the adults, the teachers, the parents are driving the plot. They are a part of what's going on. And I feel like most teen shows truly only focus on the teens. Right. Unless somebody's parent like dies or is having an affair. Right. Right. But the adults in the show aren't just fillers. They're not just like providing opportunities for the kids to move the plot forward. I, I think it's because like the writers just love Snake because like he's like the biggest the most consistent adult, adult that we get that we get but like i think he definitely he, like you said he drives the plot forward he ties stuff up nicely he literally he you know affirms a lot of his students in a way that like okay if we had this like wholesome content in all of these teen shows where the teens in the shows actually act differently if they had a, t- a teacher that was looking out for them and giving them encouraging speeches and you know telling them they're, they're i'm proud of you and everything like where would we be if this was teen media <laughs> you could say 
that Snake is the the Mister Feeny of Degrassi. Yeah. yeah I think oh my gosh, it's the Canadian Boy Meets World. Or wait, no, no, Degrassi. No, Degrassi tried to be. No, wait, Boy Meets World tried to be Degrassi esque, but not just in the way of we're going to have a strong teacher. <laughs> we're gonna, but no, that's been done before in film. That's not a new idea. Scratch, scratch that. <laughs> scratch it. But no, he is. I would I would give that to Snake. The the Canadian Mr. Feeney. <laughs> I think I think the only the only difference is Snake is already a really very good teacher. In season one of Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney is not the the pinnacle of education. No. That, that he's he just turns snarky. Into. He's yeah. just snarky. But they realized who they had in that role. And they're like, he can do more than just you know, throw out little side eye lines. Like he can actually be the like a hinge, an emotional focal point of the show. Before we go off and become a Boy Meets World podcast, <laughs> I was gonna say, God, because... we can't do all these these properties. Just keep stacking up. They do. Like <laughs> side note, Caroline Dillon, that's that's our podcast, the Boy Meets World podcast. Oh yeah, I think oh, that's yeah. doable. I think. I, that's... Oh, totally. Like all four of us. Yeah. There's yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's there's do an all passion. of I feel that. Like, there's there's I love the and there's so much shit to talk about with that show. <laughs> there's <laughs> not a lot. just the actual show, but like everything else surrounding it. Yeah, we got properties, guys. <laughs> we also get introduced to Ashley and Jimmy's relationship. This season. oh, what a relationship! <laughs> They're like the power couple. They've been They're going so together gross. for eight months. They are not great. <sighs> Quan's little you guys may think you're cute but that doesn't mean everybody else does like rude right. but although, you're right <laughs> although because I believe in credit where credit is due mm-hmm. I really like Jimmy and Ashley at the end of fuck what is the name of the sex episode the sex episode coming of age no the mating mating game. Game. it's the, the mating, mating game, game. The obviously game. yeah Right. <laughs> I really like at the end when they both are like, we don't want to have sex. We're not ready. And then they're like, let's blow up condoms like teenagers would do. Like, yeah. we're 14. Let's be 14 instead. Yes, you really like that moment. <laughs> I thought it was cute. No, it was very cute. I honestly do cute. think that Jimmy and Ashley have some of the strongest couple moments this season. Oh, t- yes. Like, I, yeah, I think definitely. in a lot of ways. I would agree with that. They showcase as two people who communicate very efficiently and healthily, and well, most except of when most Ashley of the time. doesn't as, want as much Jimmy to keep coming over for dinner and just like won't fucking tell him, just won't talk to him about it, just pretends yeah. that <laughs> that is the most like they definitely do a good as good a job as two you know basically fourteen year olds can do. They because I think just communication just sucks with teenagers in general, but. Yes, they do a pretty good job. I just think that Ashley <laughs> is always having a fucking inner conflict. <laughs> she's all she's fighting her two selves all the time. Like, Inside just Ashley, be honest. There Inside. are two wolves, and they both suck. <laughs> no, inside Ashley, there is a Paige and a Terry, and they both kind of suck. <laughs> no, you're right though. Like Paige and Terry are kind of presented as like the angel and devil on Ashley's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yep, that's definitely. 
I feel like that's a lot because they don't get their own individual storylines like that. They're literally there and heavily featured in Ashley's storylines because mm-hmm. they're there to offer some kind of contrast or perspective. <laughs> they're not their own people yet. But it's like very Madonna horror. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that changes like that. They will become more multi-dimensional in the future but thank goodness that's how that's how they're set up right now yeah you must not waste lauren collins at all i will fight oh you God, i know right like she just oh gosh just so many great moments but yeah they definitely are underdeveloped in this season but because i think if anybody because i even think we said spinner gets some development if anybody is like you know an archetype it's these two <laughs> Like yeah. they just don't, <laughs> they don't have their own focus storyline. I mean, Paige gets cheerleading, but she's super well, one dimensional. Terry gets the Terry gets the ED storyline, but it's no, she, very brief. She it's it's yeah. very it, yeah, and it's not. It's not even ED. It's like low self esteem. <sighs> yeah, right. It, it's right. It's lo- low self esteem that just manifests in. There. Yeah, it does not it feels like kind of just they could have done more with her for that episode, but she does get attention, I guess. Oh, Terry. She's so good. I love her performance in that episode too. I would like was blown away with how convincing she was as being drunk with hopefully as an actress at that point, no real frame of reference for what it is. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it was it's very hard for grown ass people to who have been drunk to to play those uh to play drunk. So mm-hmm. she did a fantastic job. And I mean we have three three drug portrayals in this season. We have her, we yeah. have illicit, you know, we have Jimmy with the, the Ritalin that he thrifted, stole traded whatever from spinner with spinner yeah he didn't steal it he didn't steal it but he he, he, he was very he manipulated yes he he was very manipulative but um and then and then ashley the three there's no yeah. more right yep on her a b c d e <laughs> actually we should tally that like that that might be the thing that season one is like a highlight for how many drug portrayals yeah. <laughs> occur in one season because three is kind of a lot Three. Three is kind of a lot. It is. Three is episodes about yeah middle That's schoolers. A fifth of your episode about <laughs> <laughs> drug users. You know what? They are middle schoolers. They are. <laughs> to date, I take back what I said about season one. Not really like <laughs> a fifth. Of the make a fifth of the episodes are drugs, guys. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Season one technically goes there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, this is completely unrelated and I don't want us to take a, take us off track. However, why, when I look up the cast of Degrassi, did someone put a swimmer at, in Melissa McIntyre's profile or picture, it's not Melissa McIntyre. It's a swimmer, and I'm pretty sure it's not her. So <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you guys, but then resume. But I feel like this screenshot is important for us. I to already looked, this work. and it's beautiful. Did you? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, look, I looked too. 
You did? Okay. Damn it. The internet is fast. <laughs> and so are we. Um, <laughs> somebody does not like her. Someone does not like her. <laughs> well, it's interesting to bring back to... <laughs> Yay. Yay, one jet. Yay. <laughs> That's what I wanted. <laughs> a oh, genuine God. joyous reaction. <laughs> That's such a good question. It is. Somebody that, doesn't like this woman. <laughs> when when this episode comes out, can that be in our little um slideshow of Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that will be a slide on Instagram. Yeah. That's fucking great. Beautiful. Yes. Bringing so, it back to Terry yes. and Paige and the, and Ashley and their dynamics with Ashley. I think it's also interesting though that Terry is the angel on Ashley's shoulder, but she tends to bring out the asshole in Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's she like does. a holier than thouness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there it is. An- another interesting thing too is Paige is the devil on everyone's shoulder. Yes, <laughs> Paige is the devil on Paige's shoulder. She she just wants to see who she can fuck with. I swear she's a menace. Like she just wants to see can she like who she can manipulate, who she can just get to do some shit that she wants them to do. It's pretty. I <laughs> I maintain that a lot of Paige's shittiness is like a very deep-seated self-esteem shit and oh, to- oh so totally. long as seen how she dresses of course she is, is and i mean people you know this might be controversial i don't want to get i don't want to read about it i don't want to get facebook posts about it but if anybody is a pick me it's Paige in this era okay mm-hmm. it's not ellie does she have pick me vibes totally. look we look <laughs> you can defend ellie when ellie is a character caroline hates ellie, and I, ellie bullshit this is about right the now. third time i've brought her up caroline you know I like, you just don't her like her so much and i can't wait until she's a character it's coming soon but anyway me too she... i'm pro ellie <laughs> i'm pro ellie too you know we haven't talked about Emma and Sean yet. We haven't. We haven't. I feel like we spent so much time during the season talking about them and what they are uh, going to be. And yeah, you, I you feel like... spend a lot of time talking about what they're going to be. Do yeah. You want to talk about what they are so far? are so far? That would be so boring, graders. but let's do it. Yeah, they're so they're they're seventh graders. <laughs> it's a very seventh grade relationship. They communicate best via I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they do, have which is adorable. <laughs> they have one very awkward date. Yes. Which is very sweet. It's and so whatever, sweet. but like at that age I feel like that's probably the best you're gonna get. Um, that that would be the best first date you're gonna have at age twelve right. ish. One hundred percent. She's lucky that, like, I mean, honestly, Sean being a year older, I don't, you know, gives him one leg up on maturity. But, like, it's not like he's more mature than her. He's just, know, he knows what a date is. So, at least, he's not, he, he knows gives her a dress for date. a date. He does. He puts on his little turtleneck. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm thinking about how he's still wearing jeans. And his denim jacket. <laughs> He's just wearing a Canadian tuxedo. 
<laughs> you know what? And you can't tell him any different. So <laughs> because he rocks it so hard. But I, it's a solid it's a solid date because I think he's just a little bit older than her and maybe has been on one before. And he really likes her. He's, you know, we yes. do have a lot of really great moments in the season, honestly, of, of Sean falling for Emma. We see why Sean falls for Emma. We don't in the same way really like see what draws Emma to Sean. Emma to Sean, right. Because I feel like there's so much about Sean that Emma doesn't like. She mm-hmm. just thinks that he's cute, which is like right. very typical of a middle school relationship. Right. Yeah. It's it sucks for the Sean side of it. Because <laughs> he's a person legitimately into her. Well, Emma sucks though. Thank you. That I think that it just explains it all. I mean, if she has qualities that he like multiple qualities that obviously you can see it. They don't even need to really say it. Because his he's just such a good face actor, Daniel Clark. You're just oh, a great yeah. face actor. You got a good face, and he's How able would you to not be with those eyebrows. It is it's the it's very strong eyebrow game, um, especially for a, a boy, a young boy. <laughs> Every face he makes definitely is amplified by the eyebrows. One hundred percent. He's just like it's... you can tell. He wears his like adoration for her on like you know he wears it up front so you can see when she does certain things like oh i like her more now we definitely don't get those moments from emma <laughs> because right. she's no. she's either afraid because you know towards the end of the season she finds out that he deafened a kid in one ear um in wasega and that was pretty much why he got kicked out of wasega so <laughs> She literally is just like, I'm kind of scared of you. You're you're big trouble. Wisely, I think. I mean, wisely. But then she's like, but then it's all gung ho again. Like she doesn't, it doesn't stick. Like, I think she just wants, I don't really know what she wants. Emma's motivations are pretty unclear. Well, I think he becomes one of her causes after a certain point. Mm-hmm. He does. He d- oh, and, cause girl. That's what they call. <laughs> but also, That's I disgusting. don't think that Emma is cause girl because she genuinely cares about these things. I don't think she's self aware enough to know that she doesn't actually care. I think what she enjoys about <laughs> it is the attention and the confrontation that she gets out of it. I think that she really thrives on that. Yeah. Oh, I think she does, especially in the episode, the the wannabe episode where she's literally like threatening like everyone's afraid of her writing this article for the grapevine because they know that she has the power to turn shit upside down like they know that about her she is just motivated by i don't know tearing tearing shit down and rebuilding it how she thinks it should be or just tearing it down just tear it down i was gonna say she's motivated by sheer boredom which is the most terrifying well oh that's a that's a good and very scary motivate because she literally doesn't she has no like why her whole stance on cheerleading being sexist is completely i mean it makes sense because you're just like oh okay she has to have a pretentious viewpoint that's just the kind of character she is but it's just like if you are a feminist why don't you support women doing whatever they want to do does she say she's a feminist ever oh, or am i putting yeah. words in her mouth i feel this like she did season, i would i don't think she has yeah i don't okay. think so 
I think another of her motivations, though, is just control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. She, like Paige in a very different way, just enjoys seeing the effect she can have on the world around her. Yeah, that's true. I feel like the squeegee kids part where, you know, that that is the whole thing that launches her editorial prowess. The the fact that she's just like, this is wrong and I'm going to change it is probably it's like the first instance of it. So even there, though, like it's less about the squeegee kids and more about it's more about her. Well, not only just more about her, but it's more about. Like, she feels bad for the way the squeegee kids are represented, but her her issue is with news about kids as a whole. And yeah, the propaganda. <laughs> advertised to and fed propaganda. Yeah, that is right. Taking up the cause of squeegee kids. She isn't. She is not talking about, oh, this is an unfair and probably very inaccurate, you know, portrayal of what these kids are actually wanting and doing and et cetera. No, she's just like, damn it. I'm being fed the media in school, <laughs> in, in class. I don't, in media immersion, how dare you? Why I shouldn't be force fed propaganda in my own classroom. It's right. just like, Emma, you are self-righteous as shit. <laughs> I will say, I definitely, thank you for reminding me, Caroline. I did kind of get the feel from that one that part of it was that what what they were being for, made to watch for the morning announcements was effectively disinformation as a vehicle for for advertising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's not, it's like, I think that's why they entered, like, that is the first time Emma stands up and adopts a cause. I think that's why they make it this situation so that it's not, you don't blame her for taking offense to, like, you know, there are multiple things wrong with what's going on it's you know should your do you want your kids to be force-fed propaganda in classrooms no do you want your kids to be told like pretty much you know misdirection misinformation no like these are pretty black and white issues that she has and i think that's why it's such a strong one to lead with and it makes us like her i think it, it like it's just very like I'm gonna stand up on my soapbox and I'm gonna tell you how I feel and she actually does affect change so I think that's why they did it in the first place like if they had switched it around and made it about her first cause was the cheerleading squad we would just not like her because that is not based in fact that's not a right or wrong thing and you're obviously just taking your opinion and trying to bully people about it yeah that one she definitely reads more as the person who doesn't like sports and believes because (laughs) of that no one should right right and because this sport happens to include skirts she has the moral superiority yeah Mm -hmm. okay and so does tennis yeah Mm mm-hmm so does field was... hockey. Tell that Where to volleyball. They wear those spanks. Volleyball is very revealing. That My... I'm not into. I'm not the into one... either. I think they could dress those young ladies and um, not spankies. The one year that I went to regular high school, I went to a high school called Mount Pleasant, and I was on the volleyball team, and our shorts said Pleasant on the ass. Oh, nice. my gosh. Yeah, I never it was very two thousands. I never realized that that was that was our uniforms. The four years that I went to regular school, I went to Mount Pleasant High School. 
Well, bully for you, Charlie. They also had school shorts that said Mount. Oh, oh my. Jesus that's, Christ. That's Someone good. did not think that through. No. Or maybe they did. They I hope have. they didn't, though. All right. We did Emma and Spema. Um, not did Spema. We, we, not Spema. we didn't do Spema. We, did, we didn't do Spema. But we started on how we just Spema. We Shema. Not it's, oh, we did Shema. I'm so sorry because Spema is such a better name. What do they really call is. Sean and Emma? What did, in the group? It's annoying. just Sema. Sema, <laughs> Sema. That's so dumb because they don't want to admit that Spema is an infinitely better ship name, couple yeah, name, whatever. Um, they suck. People suck. Oh, really? They are you know, not that really great fucked. of a couple. They are not that great of a couple. Like that's you know, really fucked. Why? Mm. Spema could have ended up with the ship name Gamma, because his name's Gavin. Gavin. Oh, <laughs> which would have been way worse. That, like they that made, we made the right choice as a collective community calling mm-hmm. him Spema, but everyone just ignores him. It, it you know you mm. could have been Emvin. Yeah, I love. It could also I, have been Emmer. Emmer, that's that's <laughs> a great one. Other than that, like what else are what else are Sh- Sean and Emma? Because I refuse to hurt my brain and trying to say their dumbass ship name um they're what just else? sean and emma and it's they are just sean and annoying. emma oh we can't just call them a mistake <laughs> we can call them the mistake the collective <laughs> mistake that the degrassi community has in thinking that this is a good couple that this no, is the couple we've no, talked about this they're a really good first relationship but then they have so much more after that. I know, I know. <laughs> but I know, but we're yet. not there yet. Not okay, there yet. All right. We're, we're not they're talking barely, about. They're barely a relationship at this point, in my opinion. They are barely well, a relationship. They are not Sean. And by the right, they didn't even break up. Well, they well no, there was. Emma broke up. Well, they, they broke up, but you have to be dating to break up. That's true. That's a good point. You have to be dating to be broken up with a breakup. They went on one date. They went on one date. Now, there was no communication about we are together. Actually, they're very, there's not a lot on them until, like, under pressure. Like, they don't really have a lot. Like, they don't, there's no, they're not, they're, no. (laughs) There's no relationship at this point. I, I think that we should transition away from talking about Sean's most boring relationship and talking <laughs> about his more interesting relationship, which Do is Tracker Cameron relationship with Jimmy. Oh, his not his brother. I was going to say, yeah, no tracker Cameron, not tracker Cameron. We're talking about Jimmy Brooks. Okay. That is a more, interesting I mean, we can talk about tracker hot ass Cameron. If you want Tra- tracker has some really good moments. Uh, well, it has one really good moment in the season. I feel like, it's Tracker's a mature moment. Yeah. It's but Sean know, and Jimmy. Yeah, they, I think that that's probably if we're going to talk about Sean cuz they do have a couple run-ins, Sean and Jimmy. They Jimmy is such as soon a as dick. Sean shows up. For Jimmy no- doesn't have much else to do in this dynamic but be a dick. <laughs> He's so threatened by Sean <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. I mean, I think it took him like half the season to make Ashley that ugly clay heart. So I don't know like where he found time <laughs> to meet Sean so much. I don't know, but he was giving Sean trouble from the minute, the minute Sean shows up. He hates Sean because he got left back. Sean's better year. than him at basketball. 
No, I think it's because he got left back a year. That's he keeps talking shit about it. <laughs> he keeps it talking. Does. Well, like, and like, <laughs> did they have beef when Jimmy was in grade seven? Unclear. <laughs> Super unclear. Like Jimmy literally, their like, beef is so random. <laughs> Jimmy was like, "You're poor and you got held back. Fuck you." <laughs> Well, like, that's Basically. my impression, though, is that, like, they <laughs> had been friends, and then, like, Jimmy is no longer cool to hang out with Sean because he's been held back. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. Or that they've so at fun. least been cool. Like, I don't know if they were, like, friend friends, but they were fine. They right. were friends. Yeah. Because presumably there was more of a friend group that wasn't just Spinner and Jimmy. I don't know. I, I guess it's assumed that possibly Sean hung out with them, but I don't even think, I don't even see any remnants of that. Like, they don't right. even talk about there's, like, there's no, no familiarity no... between him and anybody else in that group. Real, like, like actually. He, he reads, he definitely reads more as someone with a reputation than he does someone anybody actually talked to much of. Mm-hmm. Uh, None of yeah. the grade eights seem to actually know Sean. Yeah, like That's Ashley treats him like a, a mystique. Like he's just this <laughs> he's this shadowy figure like Zorro. I don't know. The way that she talks about him in the Jagged Little Pill episode, just saying, but everybody thinks you're bad. And I think that's just like that's not what she's thinks. It's just like that's the collective thought about him and she doesn't know him personally to throw anything into that ring. <laughs> she was also on drugs when she said that. <laughs> She was being the most honest, though, she was. that she has she ever was. been in probably her life um, <laughs> on those drugs. Those drugs were like a truth serum <laughs> because I don't I believe everything she said when she was on E. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah. And I was actually clapping for her a couple times like you tell him, ooh, go, ooh, you're doing a lot. But go ahead. <laughs> kind of tanking your life there. But Dial um, back a little, hon. Never mind. You go. You do you. <laughs> exactly. It's just like cringe, but you can't look away. <laughs> I think it's more. It, I would agree that his he's probably just got reputation and he's quiet. So pe- and he doesn't have. There's no friends. There were no friends that no. he had in Degrassi. I I feel like, um, just by I'm the gonna, way people treat him. I'm gonna choose to believe that the the beef between Sean and Jimmy ultimately comes down to Jimmy just envies Sean's eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. you know that's legit because because jimmy's got some eyebrows but he hasn't figured out how to use them oh yeah no <laughs> it's it's the two strongest eyebrow games at degrassi junior and junior high school that would They're that works more for me that works more for me as a so it's just as an a beef for me. yes because what other like i think that's a perfect thing to base a beef on this honestly. school ain't big enough for all these eyebrows <laughs> No, actually, that fits with uh, that one of us must be eliminated. With Sean's like spaghetti western introduction to the series. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, oh my gosh, he's like the only one that gets that. He's just like gets off the the damn moped and like <laughs> takes off his fucking hat. Oh my gosh, if that like. For his, like, character, or just, like, 
I think just being a loner, I appreciate that that's how they chose to introduce him because they couldn't throw him in with other people. He is the outcast. He is the loner. So he comes in by himself uh, right. at the beginning of an epic journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, somehow I we managed f- to, you know, talk about Sean for way too long. I feel <laughs> oh, like we've kind dreaming. of covered, we've free talked and we've kind of summed up. Should we move into kind of our little segments that we have? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, if, if I may, yeah. as the editor, I think we need to take a moment of silence for the victims of the Degrassi black hole. All right. Uh, should we name them? Or are we just being silent? If yeah, I mean, you know the two. Uh, there's three. There's, there's three. three. Oh, we did say there's, there's okay. Go there's Manny's brother, Danny Santos. Pour one I out. Will remember. <laughs> You're gonna get us copyrighted. <laughs> Nobody's watching. <laughs> well, well, we hope you are. <laughs> I hope you're watching. This um, is a great show, and I'm having a fantastic time. <laughs> we have Spinner and Jimmy's friend Timmy. <laughs> and we have Paige's younger, or at least not oldest brother, Michael Michael Chuck. <laughs> You're not gonna come out, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. You think I know the rest of the song? I've only—I was traumatized by the SPCA ads. That's 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 where we all. Yes, yes. Hated those ads. I know. All right, so a moment of silence for Danny Santos, Timmy, and Michael Michael Chuck. (laughs) All right, all right. Yeah, that was a pretty respectful moment. Uh, <laughs> real quick, aside from uh, illicit drug use, we've been tracking two other things. We had three illicit drug uses this season. And then we've been tracking the Huns. We got a total of four Huns from Paige Michael Chuck this season and one from <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> and then also, I have been tracking Emma's dolphin pants. Because mm-hmm. they're iconic, and we get them twice. She wears them to meet Jordan in... I just have MCR written in my notes for Mother Child mm-hmm. Reunion, so I keep thinking My Chemical My romance. Chemical Romance. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I had to throw that and in there to not throw myself off. Yeah. But so she wears them in Mother Child Reunion, and then she wears them again in the mating game, and I hope that they come back in season two. I hope so too. I, I feel like they come back. They better. I feel like she rides those dolphin pants until they become high waters. They're about the ocean. <laughs> As is yes, yes. Say the dolphins. You <laughs> could say that the pants are kind of like a haiku. She's fucking haikuing them up, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, and it's not the corner that I, it's not the typical fashion corner, you know, my favorite corner, but it is the do's and don'ts of this season. I feel like just, I, I you know, was it a very, was it a very strong fashion season? Not really. Not really. But did, is there anything that just stood out to you? Well, I wrote <laughs> down, I wrote down my favorite of the season and my least yeah. favorite of the season. Me too. I also have so, those. 
Does everybody want to do their favorites first? I, I'll, I'll jump on my favorite. Yeah. It's, I'm going to be honest, any of my favorites are going to be whatever the fuck Paige is doing, because it's just I, so uh, unhinged compared thank to everyone you. else. Thank you. She's the only one giving you actual material to work with. She's trying. <laughs> and, and it's got to be the, um, I don't remember the full outfit, but she had like the tinted glasses and the, the really puffy feather yes. jacket or whatever. Yes, prime. Charlie. Yes. The most, the most prime for Paige. Me too. Me too. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say that one. Um, I Pretty much exactly what you just said, Paige. Um, now I'm just going to try to be a little different from you. Paige's I love to make boys cry shirt. That, that, Iconic. That is oh, my favorite. No. <laughs> my favorite. I'm, I'm going to shake it up. My favorite episode or outfit in this season is uh, Terry's outfit in the cabaret. Yes. Oh, you don't I like think Paige's? She looks, I, Paige's is fine, but I just think Terry looks Terry's amazing. The, the stand out there. Yeah, they're awesome. I like her outfit. It's probably the best dress they, you know, allow her to be in the season. Well, her, she no, looks her, her dance outfit. The dance outfit was really cute. That's before Paige yeah. fucked with it. But yeah. Dylan, what's yours? I know this is controversial, but... I love the dolphin pants. Okay. Oh, okay. No, I don't think it's controversial. But the reason uh, I love the dolphin pants, when I was between, I don't know, 10 and 14, the company that makes the pants that she is wearing was very, very popular. They were very expensive. And my friend's mom had a pair. They didn't have dolphins on them. I think it was suns and moons or something, mm -hmm. but very much in the same style. And I coveted them so much. And her ass got too big and she gave them to me one day. <laughs> That's beautiful. I was, yeah, I was so prepared for that to go wholesome. And I'm glad it did. Oh, <laughs> Charlie. That was very sweet. What about Lee's favorite outfits? I hesitate to say that it's a least favorite outfit. But as a fashion don't, anything JT wears... Yeah, that's fair. That's because it's just pretty bland. I'll agree with no, that. No, it, it ranges from bland to just plain stupid. <laughs> that's my kids. Dylan, you did it. JT is have a fashion to say it like that. <laughs> that's how I dress my kids. <laughs> Oh to, my gosh. Do I need to call CPS, Dylan? <laughs> have our own little fashion corner when you guys get here. Oh my gosh. Well, she's I doing can't. the best you can, guys, okay? She's got gentle hands. She's got the heart of a fighter. She's got some jokingly <laughs> dressed kids. Like, it's fine. I, and I will say, I call it fashion don'ts because I, I, I love all of JT's outfits. <laughs> mostly because they're they're kind of bad and that's that's very much caroline you know me that's my aesthetic yeah mm -hmm. well i like the a skew hat is such a like moment in time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like it's very of that era yeah it is it, it is. is definitely i my worst is actually a worst and it's that weird shirt that liberty wears with the fake vest that isn't even a vest in the back and it's awful and i hate it damn Thank you. 
I forgot that That's one. Fair. I think uh, didn't I call that one out too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <was> so bad. <laughs> it's such a bad. Oh man. Um, mine is also Liberty, but it's her boots, and it's kind of in the oh. same vein of how Charlie is like. It was it like terrible? No, it's yes. actually kind of cute, but it's it's cute on her. But I actually despise the way they look. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. What are those? <laughs> those there are is my one. cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there is a lot to be said about how a person wears their clothes, too. Liberty likes the boots, so she wears them with a level of confidence that I don't know that I would. Right. <laughs> right. Hide your feet. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> hide your feet. That would That's very difficult. <laughs> very difficult to do yeah she definitely wears those boots with confidence and i mean she that that is what makes them cute on her because they are not cute no Um, they're bad they're not also like i get it you you like them you want to be in them you are 12 so you have no fucking idea what you're doing but why are those what's on your feet at school (laughs) gym class true I mean, generally, you'll pack your sneakers in your in your gym locker. Oh wait, I think they did mention that when Emma got her period, they were like, "Oh, do you, do you have your gym shorts?" And she's like, "I took them home to wash." Yeah, come right. middle school, you have like uniform you change for gym. I don't know. They're just, they're just, they're not, they're not the, they're just not cute. They're, they're not, not a cute. good look. And her mother, or her, well, her mother should have told her so. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure her dad wasn't paying attention because he knows the mayor. Correct. <laughs> um, okay, I have a least favorite. It's it's the whole outfit. And I know you guys love it. But it's Sean's date outfit. It's I can't. <laughs> you said he should have done something else. <laughs> he should have done something different from normal every day. It's giving, I'm with you on like, this one, Dylan. Thank you. It's giving, like, my mom will drive us home. And I'm going to play you a song I really like on the way home. And it's like, Stand by Eminem. Oh my my gosh. Um, To be, just to clarify, I do love the outfit. I don't love it because I think it's a good outfit. I love it because I think it's like exactly the right outfit for Sean in that episode. Oh, I agree. I mean, also, this is colored by the fact that I do not like Sean. That's fair. Oh, I think that I don't know if you've ever took that like direct stance before. I did not know Uh, that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Okay. Are you guys also in an eyebrow turf war? <laughs> oh no! You've seen my eyebrows. I I have Dylan, great brows. You do. I will I will fight beside you in the eyebrow turf war. <laughs> Charlie has huge invisible eyebrows. They're pretty big, and you can't see them. <laughs> I it's, love they're, that. they're stealthy eyebrows. Don't you worry. It's so funny if he gets, It's so funny if he gets sunburned because then his eyebrows are like extra white, but then the oh. skin behind him is so red. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> I don't want you to be sunburnt, but I do want to see that. <laughs> I'm sure we have pictures. Can I can I give a slightly different vibe for Sean's date outfit? No. Yes. It's giving mandate mandated court date. <laughs> but, he, but he but he doesn't own a tie. He yes. just has a nice sweater. Yes. Yes. It's giving like it's giving like child support hearing. Oh my gosh. But you know what? You 
pro- he probably knows how to dress for court more than Aww. I know. I know. Aww. I took it down. I took I, it I mean, down. <laughs> I did pick my words with yeah. intent. I know. It was it was pr- it was pretty pointedly because it's Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I do agree with you, Dylan. It is a it, he I remember when he rolls up, I would just remember being like why is he dressed like a fucking loser? Yeah, like, I'm not letting my daughter go out with you. <laughs> but then what the fuck is Emma wearing? What the fuck okay. is Emma wearing? What is Emma ever wearing, though? I don't know. She dressed, she dressed pretty nicely for Jordan. She sure did. She, she had her dolphin pants and everything. I'm so... He said... What the fuck is Emma ever wearing? <laughs> At least she didn't have a tri ponytail. That's true. Oh, I would love that me... to be the title of something, Charlie. That should be the that should be the title of this podcast book. What the fuck is Emma wearing? A retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I just yeah. It's I will agree that it is very Sean. The the outfit's extremely Sean, but that doesn't make it a strong outfit. It doesn't make it a strong outfit. Correct. <sighs> but I it think is the right know. outfit. It is the right outfit, yes. It's the well. nicest clothes that Sean owns right now. <laughs> you can tell. Really? Why you gotta do that? Yeah. This oh, is somebody so feeling bad for hating the poor kid from the wrong side of the tracks? Yeah, Dylan. How soon we forget. <laughs> I think another <laughs> honorable mention, though is mm-hmm. the puffy vest that truly saves Emma's life when Sean is over. <laughs> Wait, it does. <laughs> you can hear back on. That assertion is hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> it broke her fall. <laughs> oh my god, that fall. That, that dramatic fall. ass. You know how to fall, right? fall and, it's and not funny that emma got pushed it's not it funny is uh, once when again girls get pushed but it is always a little bit satisfying when a dumb girl gets into a fight it gets in between two guys fighting and gets hit a little bit fuck around find out <laughs> like, what did you expect yeah you shouldn't feel like you can break up two two physically stronger people while they're fighting <laughs> Especially not with a person who specifically told you he flies into a blind rage sometimes. Right. And a kid in one ear. Like, Emma, you are gangly as hell. Do not tell me that you have the hand-eye coordination to get yourself out of the way. Emma, honey, you look like a newborn deer. (laughs) (laughs) Left in front of the car, she did. Um, (laughs) The car was Sean. We all have those phases, and like... And it is funny. Like, gangly oh, kids is. are funny. They are. Mm-hmm. I, definitely, as as a quick aside, like, most most people do go through that stage where you wake up one day and suddenly you're, like, eight inches taller than you used to be. And you now have to figure out maneuvering the world. Yeah, most of them. Significantly mm-hmm. longer. Most of them don't. just have the luxury of not having it nationally televised in Canada and eventually America. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, do we have any more, you know, fashion? I think, you know, the fashion, as we've said, is pretty weak this season. So, unfortunately, this year, while we were in the process of recording this first season, 
the world experienced a really kind of big loss in Sue Johansson, who Degrassi fans most likely know as Dr. Sally, the sex lady, as JT calls her. (laughs) But before she was Dr. Sally and while she was Dr. Sally and after she was Dr. Sally, she was Sue Johansson. And she passed away on June 28th at 93 years old. And she was actually really amazing. So we're going to take a minute to kind of talk about her. So Sue Johansson was an RN. And in the late 1960s, I couldn't get an exact date on it. But a friend of her daughter's came to her and confided in her that she worried that she was pregnant. And Sue helped her through that situation. And through that was inspired to, in 1970, open a birth control clinic at Don Mills CI High, which was her daughter's high school. It operated, she ran it for 18 years. It was the first of its kind. And basically every Monday night for 18 years, she would take over the school's health room and help students get birth control if they needed it which is amazing in the 70s. In 1984, she started having a show, a a Toronto-based radio call-in show called The Sunday Night Sex Show, which ran as a radio program until 1996 when it became a TV program. And it ran as a TV program in Canada until 2005. In from 2008 into, or 2002, sorry, until 2008, she had a U.S. program that I was a fan of. I got most of my sex ed from there called Talk Sex with Sue Johansson. And it was also a call-in show. It's reported that the show would regularly have 80 to 100,000 people calling in every night. Obviously, she couldn't take that many calls, uh, but she would regularly take between 12 to 20 calls on air and she answered so many questions, questions that you might be embarrassed to ask questions about, you know, is it normal if I, as a woman, am not having an orgasm every time and questions about birth control, questions about sex toys. And she was always very respectful, but she handled it with humor too, but it was not, it wasn't a making fun of the caller kind of humor. It was like, you know what, sex is awkward and weird. And like, let's make fun of that and roll with that kind of, you know, we see some of that in Degrassi. And she ended her show in 2008. She also wrote three books, Talk Sex, Sex is Perfectly Natural, but Not Naturally Perfect, which I personally think is one of the greatest titles I've ever heard. Um, And Sex, Sex and More Sex. She, you know, dedicated her whole life to reaching as many people as she could and and talking really frankly about something that we've been taught to keep in the dark. I found a quote from her that I absolutely love where she says, I regard sex as a gift from God. We're the only ones that really are able to enjoy sex. So we have an obligation to learn about it and enjoy it. She her only acting credits actually, although she did do the late night talk show circuit. I found some really great clips of her, like doing Letterman and Conan O'Brien. We'll have those up on the website for you, but her only acting credits were two episodes of Degrassi junior high and two episodes of the next generation, which means I actually need to go back and correct myself from 
a comment I made in the mating game about how it was a shame Degrassi Junior High didn't have her because maybe then we wouldn't have Emma. But I'm just going to guess that Spike was sick that day. But she was a really, really great lady. She talked really frankly, and she, I will end with a quote from her daughter, Jane, that I think really sums up who she was. It didn't matter who you were, what your sexual preference was, how you identified, what you might be dealing with in terms of the time of AIDS. Like, she embraced everybody and who they were. And that just made me so proud. And I think that the world is better for having had Sue Johansson. I think she was the Mr. Feeney of sex ed. Um, or more more accurately, she was like... Is Mr. Feeney just going to be like the... He's, the... he's the bar. He's more... the bar, got it. More accurately, she was like the Bob Ross or the Mr. Rogers of sex ed. Mm. And, and the world is better for having had her. And it's... Obviously, it's sad that she's gone, but she was 93... She worked really hard and she did a lot of good work. And I hope that she is resting easy. Beautifully yeah, said. Um, that, that was absolutely wonderful, Caroline. Mm-hmm. Very comprehensive. I love Sue Johansson. I feel like most Degrassi people, most Degrassi fans probably like see Sue Johansson and go, that's Dr. Sally. But right. when I watched Degrassi and saw her for the first time, I was like, that's Sue Johansson. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have a special relationship. Yeah. It was so sad when, you know, we had recorded that episode not that long before we heard about, before we had heard that she had passed. So it was very sad. We were like, damn it, we were just talking, we were just talking about her in the present tense. And now we have to talk about her in the past tense. It sucks. And it's, yeah. But she had a long life, you know. She did. 93 is a lot of years and she spent them doing such important work. Yes, I agree. Just such important work. Moment of silence for Sue Johansson. No song this time, Charlie? It seems disrespectful. That's fair. Also, quiet. We're doing a moment of silence. Yeah, shh. I'm checking my watch. It's been about a moment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so in that, it's been about a moment. In that case, we're getting close to wrapping up. The first thing that we have to do is we have to hand out some awards. Well deserved. And like we've done all season, we're going to do shining stars. We're going to do super bummers. But first, we are going to hand out your mom's podcast's greatest honor, the Teacher of the Year Award. <laughs> Charlie, would you like to tell us the nominations? The the nominees for Teacher of the Year award? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um we have Miss Kwan. <laughs> yeah. Uh for Teacher of the Year. We have Snake for Teacher of the Year. Do we have any other teachers of the year? Coach, Coach Armstrong. Armstrong. We have Coach Armstrong <laughs> for teacher of the year. That's it. And that's that's it. <laughs> Radich does long-term sub for Quan. Uh okay. And and for substitute teacher of the year. <laughs> the only candidate 
Radich, congratulations. <laughs> but now on to the, the main event that people actually give a shit about for Teacher of the Year. And again, again, in the world of your mom's podcast, there is no higher honor than this. Truly, truly. This this is effectively the Mr. Feeney Award for Excellence in Education. It's essentially the Nobel Prize. It is the it is the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Hold on, I'm um I'm oh, I got fuck I lost. Give me just a second. I did lose the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, you are so goddamn you. I'm so gullible because you are so authoritative with that damn voice, and I'm just like literally holding on for you to find some fucking. You know right. who won, Avis. All I right. know. All right. I know that. All right. Hold on. All right. Have some respect. I have it. I found it. <laughs> and our season one teacher of the year for Degrassi Community School is Mr. Simpson, aka Snake. It should have been Quan. It should have been Quan. Go Snake! Go Snake! Snake in the house. <laughs> Caroline, Avis, Dylan, me, do we want to talk a little bit about how great of a teacher Snake is? I mean, we can, but also what can we say that hasn't been said? Unfortunately, Mr. Simpson couldn't be here tonight to accept this. <laughs> so we're going to accept it for him. Yeah, I'll, I will. Uh, I'll take it and he'll get I'll, it. I'll hold on to it for him. Yeah, we'll make sure he gets it. Don't you worry. It's a high honor. We'll guard it with our lives. We have some less important awards to hand out. I think let's I'm sure everybody has a shining star of the season. Yeah, I mean, I hope that it's not that I actually do hope that we have different answers, but I also don't know how we'll have different answers. So let's go. Same. We'll try. We will see. Let's see. We'll see. Avis, who you got for Shining Stars this season? Toby. Nice. Toby. Toby. Because he saved a life. He, <laughs> he did. did a good. He did a good. And he continually, I don't actually think that he bums me out. Like his star factor is just, it, it's bright. It's Toby. <laughs> there isn't really a moment where, yeah, like the closest I'd say Toby comes to being a bummer this season is when he doesn't want to do ecstasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, um, he kind of sucks in family politics. Okay, but yeah, family politics sucks. That yeah. episode didn't happen. I don't actually think that Toby sucks in that episode. He I sucks think less that- than Ashley. I think that he's, like, trying to handle the situation as well as he can, but also he just moved into Ashley's house with his dad. Right. Yeah. And he's, like, we find out later he's got a ton of shit going on between his parents. They can hardly be in the same room together. Right. Like, I think, given all of that context, he does handle himself fairly reasonably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I those hormones you're, raging. You're right, Davis. Toby is a shining star this season. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he he grows so very much. Like he's already relatively mature for his age, but he grows a lot in just this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the cat for me is when he hugs Emma. I think you know we were talking about it briefly in the last episode. It's just great acting, but it's also just a great character moment because it's not. It's just so pure, and I just, yeah. I just love Toby. I love him. I haven't heard that recording yet, but that that is one of the stronger moments for me when I when I saw that because his face really does show a lot about like 
he could they very easily could have had toby be like oh this is my moment to bond with emma Mm -hmm. my crushy washy Mm -hmm. but it if i if i may really just showcases that he's a he's very compassionate and Mm -hmm. and very aware Mm. of the the pain that his kind of friend is is going through yeah he's absolutely very easily is able to put his own interests on the back burner and take Mm. care of emma's needs in the moment and i don't think that's super typical of a 12 or 13 year old boy it's and not. it's not it's not even in that like nice guy Mm-mm. i'm gonna keep putting kindness tokens in right. you until you see me as your one true love type bullshit no, it's no biting like, of time <laughs> it's like yeah i've got these feelings for you i'll figure that out because that shit's unrequited i still value you as a person and i want to have you in my life and i care that you're hurting right now yeah, yeah. absolutely and you can see he cares that sean's hurting too yeah because because mm-hmm. he and JT really fucked over Sean. Yeah. That yes. episode. Yeah. Yes. It's he's a great character. Str- solid, solid shining star. Solid well shining star. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm not even sure if there's anybody else who like now that you've brought that up, I don't know that anybody deserves it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't say that. Is there nobody else better? <laughs> I think I had two. Okay. My first, like overall, he's 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 nowhere near the star that Toby is. But truly, I do feel that Sean is is quite a shining star this season, if for no other reason than the way he handles um, the ecstasy situation. Like that, he sees this as the very real, dangerous situation that it is, and doesn't take away from whatever the fuck it is JT's after. And whatever it is that Toby's going along with, he does he doesn't want to take that experience away from them, but he knows they're not ready for ecstasy, and he immediately says, "Flush that fucker down the sink." Right, that's fair. Which is it's just a really again mature thing for even a thirteen year old to do. Yeah, absolutely. To have that level of awareness. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. And then since no nobody's taken it, I'm gonna just say snake. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Teacher of the year. Teacher of the year must be a shining star, right? Yeah. yeah. It is, is he it is law. for the season finale, Shining Star? Yeah, he's a recurring I, character. Yeah. Yep. But so, is he ineligible because he's already the teacher of the year? Which no, is just, you, can't, you, can't you can never have two more than awards. one Oscar. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> more than one Grammy. He's the teacher of the year and a shining star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, you guys put way more like, consideration into it i was just gonna give it to manny because she was there i know you well manuela santos um she deserves it because she is great like just so underutilized this season it's such um a but she steals the scene whenever mm-hmm. she's there she's just she's adorable and when she does get to talk her lines are memorable and mm-hmm. they should have used her more damn it but Absolutely. they'll learn they will learn I love how Ooh, the day. and and tiny her voice still is. Like I forgot. Mm-hmm. It, it, I know, right? She's such a little kid, and like we'll yes. start to see her as less of a little kid next season, but really not until like seasons three and four. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I, was, I yeah. was thinking the other day when I was kind of like scanning through episodes preparing for tonight mm-hmm. that like. It blows my mind how little the grade sevens look in comparison to the grade eights. 
and not yeah. just stature, but like they still have little kid faces. Mm-hmm. But like that is so how it works in middle school. Like my my yeah. eldest is a rising seventh grader, and truly like the difference in him from like midway through the year last year and now is astonishing and it's going to be even more between now and like this time next year i'm honestly nervous to like see some of his friends after summer Mm -hmm. because some of them will look like grown-ups yeah Yeah. it's true some of them will look like joseph from king of the hill dylan did we we miss any shining stars did you No, any- I mean, I, Toby was my shining star for all of the reasons oh. that we mentioned. Yay. But also him being super willing to step in and take uh, Manny's spot during that goofy-ass interpretive dance and just mm-hmm. being willing to make an absolute ass of himself for the girl that yeah. he likes is very mm-hmm. sweet in, like, an environment that is so ego-driven and so, like, driven by self-consciousness and yeah. what your peers are going to think. Like, that, That to me, I don't know if I know a 13-year-old boy who would have the balls to do that. Right. He also, I love in the end of Jagged Little Pill, when he's like, come on, guys, we got to keep cleaning, and then sees that Ash yeah. is wrecked. And he's like, nope, got to go take care of my kind of sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's no, so just yeah. a really he's sweet here. kid. Yeah. He is. I love Toby. Our... Are we going to have to add a segment to next season, just Toby's Corner, appreciating Toby for the cinnamon roll he is, or does he get worse? No, he doesn't He doesn't get worse. I know, I know he worse. eventually just disappears. When he's he a very backburner character. He does. And when they bring him for, on, on the forefront, it's just for his trauma and his reaction to that. He, obviously, we know that something big happens later down the line. I don't know if you guys know, and I'm not going to spoil it for you. But when they focus on Toby again, and you know, later in this series, it's because they just want to see his reaction to a really big trauma, and he's angry. Spoiler alert! So that is, we get an angry Toby later, but he is always a good, and he is he's. I feel like he's always leading with the heart that he has in this season. And mm-hmm. they just really forget about him. And I and I really am excited to be able to do that retrospective once we figure out when is the last time we see him just going back and being like, he is so underutilized. <laughs> yeah. Let's transition on Ooh. into super bummers. We could talk about uh, Can I do one quick honorable mention? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fine if y'all disagree, but when Miss Kwan returns from her <laughs> leave of absence... Mm-hmm. She finally does the good teacher thing for the first time in the entire season. I I hard agree with that. I that hard I agree, agree with. with that. I don't think it deserves an honorable mention, but I would give her most improved. Most improved most is I that I endorse that because you know what? We're not even going to get back into Miss Kwan. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, we can for a she, minute. This is the that. When she comes back is the first time we see the Miss Kwan we get eventually. And mm-hmm. I haven't rewatched Degrassi until now for probably 15 plus years. So mm-hmm. watching her in the first few episodes was really kind of jarring for me because I didn't remember what an asshole she was at the beginning. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. 
it's definitely it was it's not hard for me to give her credit for that little piece and that's why i say hard agree charlie because i do think that she it most improved is a fitting title for her because I personally think when you're dealing with children as an adult, there is an ability to leave some measure of your personal life at the door. And if you don't feel like you can do that, maybe you shouldn't be teaching children. So the fact that, and I know that I know her husband had cancer. I, I kind of don't care. And maybe that's controversial, but I think that kids are so impressionable and kids really remember that's like they're growing. They don't have emotional regulation. They can't leave stuff at the door, so to speak. They're not an adult yet. So, you can. No. So, you have the ability. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, Avis. She absolutely should have. But I also can empathize with her not. She had so much going on. And was, like, just kind of desperately trying to keep her head above water, so to speak. That mm -hmm. I think it's entirely possible that she didn't realize how bad she had gotten. Until, that's possible. You know, and, and, and that's not... Somebody exactly. needs to play her the tapes, though, because she sucks. Right. I can't imagine anybody's going to argue with me when I say that um, I got to give it to Paige Michael Chuck. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> She's got the devil horns poking out of her blonde hair, just at the top, right in front of her, or behind her glasses, where she usually That's actually them. what those little strands are. <laughs> she her flat glasses are always on her head. She, they're hiding the horns. I, I think there is a decent pa person in Paige Michael Chuck. Oh, there is. You'll see. But, it. but broadly she sucked oh yeah she was, the, season... she was maybe the most super bummer yes season one page bums me the fuck out She's more awful. than she makes me feel good season one like i really just they definitely figured out what they wanted to do with her character after season one but season one she shits the bed yeah. multiple times well, on other people like... We have all known a 13-year-old girl exactly like Paige Michael Chuck. Multiple, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna throw my vote in as a super bummer, and this is gonna be controversial. Okay. Terry wasn't great this season. That is Terry controversial. Was, was, on average, I felt like Terry was neutral. She had a couple of highs, and she had one very low low that really what was your low low the the rumor okay the yeah the rumor and then immediately sidestepping the fact that she had cha changed all of the fucking details yeah right. <laughs> and then blamed emma <laughs> and blamed emma yeah like, yeah yeah that's just just on the well and also that magical magic oracle bullshit like grow a pair terry she yeah. yeah she i feel like a lot of what and I won't disagree with you, Charlie. Um, I feel like a lot of what makes her a bummer is that she is clearly opinionated. She wants, and ha I mean, she just hasn't developed whatever she needs to develop confidence, self-esteem to advocate for herself and actually like say what she means. And like, she just finds backwards ways to do it or she gets paged to do it. And it definitely is a little underhanded. Um, mm -hmm. with the way that she she tries to make Paige the... I mean, honestly, Paige has no problem being the villain because she is the villain. But, she you know, the there villain. are definitely times when 
Terry is just as culpable in some shit um, or just standing idly by, which is still not good. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll accept that. It was controversial because I just love Terry, but, um, and but I really think I cherish, really. no, she's not. I cherish the, the couple's sweet things that she does do, but um, she definitely has a lot of moments where her motivations and like just her general vibes are questionable. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we got to throw Jimmy in, too. Oh, Jimmy Jimmy, sucks. Fuck Jimmy. Fuck Jimmy. Fuck everything about Jimmy. Jimmy, like, they literally, the only thing they want to give us about Jimmy is that he has a regular... And it's and it's pepperoni pizza. It's a medium pepperoni pizza. That's that's what we get. And he's in, really in terms, bad at gifts. <laughs> and, well, like our sentimental attachment, like any sort of deference to him is just we don't get any. Like we don't. We're not supposed to be rooting for Jimmy, and I, and that's why we don't because he sucks. Right. <laughs> Jimmy's not even rooting for Jimmy. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> he's lost in the sauce half the time. He, to be fair to to disagree with you for a moment, Jimmy's in Jimmy's corner when he's on Ritalin. That's true. That is true. Well, yeah. he, he believes in himself so much that he... <laughs> that he shoves one of his teammates to the ground to hog the personal glory. It's a great moment. Mm-hmm. It really is. Oh, my. Um, no, J- fuck, fuck Jimmy. Fuck Jimmy. And you know full well he's cheering himself on while he's making that ravioli of a heart. <laughs> of course he is. Oh, my gosh. He's probably sitting there kneading it, being like, had a very nutritious breakfast. Eggs, bacon, toast, brain food. <laughs> oh, my and gosh. And I ate a medium pepperoni pizza. You <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, gosh, Jimmy. My super bummer was Paige. Yeah. Because I just feel like she has such a different arc in the rest of the show. But I love that Terry was thrown in there. I don't know why. I think it was because it was an eye opener. <laughs> I think Liberty's an honorable mention, and so is JT. They're not anywhere near the worst, but they both mm-hmm. just kind of suck. They're Thank problematic. You. They're problematic. Um, they have, and J- JT has one of the more problematic scenes this season do you oh, mean the liberty, liberty girlfriend? girlfriend yeah okay he has two of the more probably because there's the liberty girlfriend and then there's just out of fucking nowhere buying ecstasy oh yeah, yeah. oh well yeah he's a menace to society but mostly toby yeah um <laughs> that's not the last time that like absolutely some kind of naughty shenanigans are blamed on jt's cousin well the porn well, was jt's hmm. cousin yeah jt's right. cousin just gets to fuck around you're right J and i mean we can also just blame him for that too for for again being a menace to toby and for making him have to d- contend with the fact that his fucking parents made him watch porn Oh. with them to fucking JT made that a situation that Toby is going to have to un- probably had to unpack in therapy for many years I hope he got therapy I hope so too off screen because we don't see that <laughs> my super bummer is one Miss Ashley Kerwin thank you Yeah, yeah. someone had to say it such a pain in the ass She's a dick to Toby. She's a dick to JT. She's a dick to Terry and Paige. She Mm -hmm. is a dick to her parents. Did you say Jimmy already? 
she sucks to Jimmy. She's a, she's a dick to Jimmy. Also, she treats Sean like shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She treats him like a pony and rides. In a really and then... shitty position. <laughs> she does. No, and she's just the whole time so goddamn full of herself. Yeah, that's she's true. Really cannot write a lyric to save her life. That song is so bad. <laughs> it's and I mean I feel like <laughs> the lyricism is horrible but then also the like why did you choose that melody why did you choose that because <laughs> she's a hashtag sad girl she watched that damn SPCA commercial too many times oh my gosh it's like funereal <laughs> yeah the song is a super bummer for sure. Oh, oh well, man. that's the just that's no, awesome. But season that's... two, season two, she writes this song. We're not going to get into worse. it. But it's, it's worse. like part of my hatred of Ashley is that for twenty some years now, that song will randomly pop into my head, <laughs> and, oh. and and I get this like secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, like you feel sick to your stomach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my that. gosh. Absolutely. Perfect. Putting that song as yeah. an honorable super bummer mention is great because it so bums me out. Yeah. <laughs> as, as one final uh, super bummer, and he can be an honorable mention if we want, Spinner also sucks most of this season. Like, sometimes he sucks because he's misguided, mm. but he fully bullies Miss Kwan. And Manny he does, and Manny, and, and Emma, Manny and Emma. And Emma he, yeah. He's he acts as a bully when when there's the rumor going around about Coach Armstrong and Liberty. He co- has a very bad take. Yeah, he's like mm-hmm. where he, Liberty and Armstrong like, are doing it. Yeah, yeah, or it was like a they're totally doing it. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? And it's like no, no, no it is not. not. <laughs> it's a very serious thing that you're just talking about. And there was there was some. I mean the. The earwig thing was misguided and stupid, mm-hmm. but like Spinner just—he's—he's he's not it. He is not cunty at the. He does not fuck. He does not fuck. No, he is not cunty, or, or like calling out his best friend and his best friend's girlfriend for not having sex, even though they've been together for the arbitrary time frame. Like he just—he's yeah, just fucking with yeah, dick mode. That, it was definitely a dick move. He and I, I, it's hilarious, but I agree with you. I mean, season one Spinner, much like season one Paige, even though Spinner gets more screen time than Paige, it's one dimensional. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's literally there to just fuck with people, and they get he they decide to utilize him in a different way going forward. So we get more nuanced depictions of Spinner. Not immediately, um, though. He's still, like, not super immediately for a while, I, mm-hmm. I believe. I, and I, and I, yeah, yeah. I say this with no, like, real hatred of the character. I do like Spinner. I like Spinner. He's entertaining. D-boy, he's entertaining, but... but he's also, he has moments where personhood peeps through, obviously. But... He does. Also, like, he eventually has a very satisfying arc, in my opinion. He does. Oh, well, it's super satisfying. Yeah. He's like uh, one of the longest running characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's one of the few characters that's in... All three? Yeah, The Next Generation, and then Boiling Point, and then Next Class. Mm-hmm. He makes it through that fucking 
era, that entire craziness. Well, and it and it speaks to something I was saying earlier, where like I don't want him to do those shitty things because I think he is a well-developed character that I'm overall like. Right. But he does just kind of fall short. He's it's not a great comparison, but it's sort of like how BoJack Horseman keeps making the wrong decisions mm-hmm. every season of BoJack Horseman. <laughs> And you, like, desperately want him not to. Yeah. Well, your spin's gonna spin, so... Yeah, He's gonna spin for a while. So... I think that's a good spot to uh, ask about season one. Did it go there? Does it go there? What do we think? Um... <laughs> I, th- I think that... Well, don't jump it in bought it its car to. It <laughs> bought its first car so that it could go there. Yeah, yeah. It definitely <laughs> took the steps. I mean, I do think it covers a lot. It covers a lot more like low stakes stuff, like oh, I hate my new stepbrother. Mm-hmm. But but it covers it, and I think it covers it respectfully, and I think there's merit to that. But no, it didn't go there. It, <laughs> no. I'm not even sure it bought a car. It like hopped on MapQuest and plotted the route. Oh damn, <laughs> map quest indeed. No, that's that's fair, and there there are like inner mixings of going there. The mm-hmm. the just the fact that they touched on drug abuse for a fifth of the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, or drug use rather. It there you know like oh damn that we don't even get that line yet. Like oh I'm edgy I'm on fire Liberty nope. about as edgy as a butter knife. <laughs> That's how I feel about this season. Yeah. <laughs> For me, the rating is Liberty. You're about as edgy as a butter knife. Um, <laughs> and even though, like, even the drug portrayals are pretty I tame, but I still think they go, you know, they, they definitely are being, we're taking this stance. We're going to show you the real stuff. But at this age group, there's only so much real stuff, right. you know? So we grow with them. Right. That's, <clears throat> That's very much what I was going to say that like, I think if we look at it from the perspective of a like 11, 12, Mm -hmm. 13 year old watching this. Yeah, yeah, it does kind of go there. It definitely goes there more than other shows I was watching at that point. I think looking back as an adult, it doesn't seem to go there. But I don't know. I mean, having a kid who is roughly these kids ages, like, if I heard that this shit right, was going true. on in my kids' yeah. school, well, I would like, be appalled. What even was... I'm trying to think of, like, what yeah. the other, like, middle schooler shows were. The only thing I can think of is, like, Lizzie McGuire. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty, yeah. There was even Stevens as well around Yeah. Even Stevens did a little more because it was a little bit older. Yeah. yeah. But also and Lizzie McGuire did. did some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but Lizzie it McGuire didn't did go stuff. there. It did, it did a Miranda's ED, which they love to bury. I don't even think it's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> we do have we do we did also have boy meets world was That's, another one yeah. of the shows that i think was at, at about that age range yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah which definitely yeah went true there more than true mcguire you're you're right we're gonna draw a line in the sand right now <laughs> it's, one side is disney shows and all the other shows on the other side because <laughs> disney mm-hmm. is just gonna keep it g right. well we also had we also had Seventh Heaven around that time. Yeah, but that wasn't. Yeah, Seventh Heaven was a family show, and Dawson's Creek was like a teenager show. A teen show, yeah. right? So if like we're thinking about like actual tween media around the same time, 
I kind of think you'd be hard pressed. You nothing nothing would have come close to what Mm-mm. Degrassi was doing at the time for sure. Yeah, right. for no, these for, think, for 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds, no. And I don't think that they would have gotten away with that no. if it were for well, a US over here. market. Well, that's that's kind of a difference in in yeah. just the media in question. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada is way more about being kind of real and kind of educational and right. and sometimes trashy mm-hmm. but they have like a lot of their television is publicly funded right arts right is is what it's kind of lumped under and as a result you get people who yeah. care about shit that want to talk about it in a mass televised way that you just don't in america yeah i think you you definitely yeah, get it i mean very if, like, true if like the Degrassi classic does that. Like, I think they, the Degrassi junior high goes there in more of like way more aggressively than the next generation, because the thing like no holds bar spike gets pregnant, like (laughs) at 13 years old. (laughs) And it's one of the first episodes. Like it's a very, you know, it's not that far into the season of series. You don't really know about spike until she's pregnant. So, and that's, she's in you know middle school she is not in high school yet it's very i think that they definitely like canadian tv is just like the nature of it is different whereas over american tv is trying to entertain versus educate and depict and sell and sell right because like there's just a gloss to american tv that canadian tv just doesn't have Whereas, like, they're trying to make it, like, not reality. Whereas Degrassi, even though it feel, it, it gets to the point where it feels hyper-realistic, there is a great comfort area where they do have a lot, like, the depictions are just rooted in reality. And this could be a multitude of schools this is happening at. But we just have one school that is Degrassi, and <laughs> everything imaginable happens at that one school. But I, it's supposed to represent, you know all the high school school. yeah every school so and america we don't try to do that we don't try to represent (laughs) we don't try to represent every high school middle school student we try to represent the special ones and tell interesting stories and that's not the goal of this is it's about everybody yeah no i would agree with that yeah i'm i'm gonna change my vote actually um at the time and for the audience season one went there yeah, I actually think I will. After that discussion, yeah, I think we've arrived at a. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, thank. Because like it's good to the for the perspective of being a parent also, even today like that this uh, season aired twenty uh, what twenty two years ago really twenty two years ago yeah <laughs> oh god um okay. you know, okay. let's have not stress. talk about that too much but it's still as relevant <laughs> sorry <laughs> the, the t- <laughs> it's as as a parent it is still as hard-hitting like you clutch you know there's still the worry of the because these issues are still relevant these are issues that if you heard this was happening at your child's school like dylan said like you would be up in arms and you would probably be going to pick your child up and find another school for them to attend um but yeah it definitely went there for the time and yeah wow i think if there's one there that it didn't go enough for me personally if i may it 
has to be the lack of a fallout or any consequence to the Coach Armstrong Liberty thing. Yeah. Right, the, yeah, a, it's was, not realistic. No, that was a very serious allegation that spread around like wildfire, and you know it made it back to the kid's parents. Right, right. Outside of that, though, right. this was a fantastic season. Yeah, it was. They covered a lot of ground in 15 episodes. They do, and they lay so much framework. And I think that it's mm-hmm. really indicative of what is coming in subsequent seasons, that mm-hmm. the majority of us at first were like, no, it doesn't really go there. Like, upon further inspection, it does. But, like, yeah. I think right. that just shows we us really are getting so, how like, much more we're going to get. So much more that up. I'm really excited about. But, like, I think that there is, like, something to be said for leaving season one with just feeling like, okay, we're prepared for season two. Like, we have all of our major players. We're getting a couple more. But they're at, you know, like the, the people that we have, we, we've got the good work laid out for us to know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they definitely did a good job. It, this was supposed to only be one season, you can tell. And they completely, <laughs> they completely change it to be the, the huge franchise continuer that it is. I'm actually kind of glad about that. Me too. Yeah. Too. Glad you changed like, your mind. <laughs> I haven't seen much of... Degrassi outside of a certain event. <laughs> yeah. But just coming from this, like it, they could have certainly left it as a single season and that would have been fine. And I don't think it would have, um, I don't think this season would have necessarily had the impact if it hadn't gotten to grow. Yep. But as it stands, I think this season no, is a really not. shining example of how to do a first season of a show. Yep. I agree. You all right, Caroline? Yeah, no, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> we've been on, we've been at she, this before. She still, she still doesn't think it went No, there. no, I do, I do. Do <laughs> uh, you think that's just, she was quite like, yeah, anyway, uh, I, for me. To- <laughs> I took that like one toke over the line, so... <laughs> oh my gosh damn it well it does uh, but no i do i think that's a very valid point i think it happens know, we're, we're accustomed to degrassi getting so much more intense mm-hmm. that when you hold it up against that lens it doesn't seem like it it goes there but no it does it's it covers some pretty heavy subject matter for like yeah i was not doing rolling drugs in middle school <laughs> but somebody was right somebody was right. and almost JT and Toby almost Jimmy did regrettable drugs um, so did Ashley so did Ashley <laughs> and Terry got fucked up on Sherry oh my gosh she must have had such a disgusting headache and hangover oh, the next God. day so- because <laughs> Sherry can we like Sherry Sherry, oh, yeah, you don't get really? drunk on that. You like have a very, very small serving, small fucking serving, and then you toss it into your French onion soup, and it's delicious. But you don't, don't get like drunk on it. it. No, damn, pour one out for Terry, but no Sherry. No, no. <laughs> no pour out the all of the Sherry thing. for Terry. <laughs> don't, don't get drunk oh. on Sherry. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> you will wake up and you will regret it. 
The more you know. Right. Brought to you by your mom's podcast. <laughs> um, so I, are we good to wrap? Uh, yeah, I think on that wow. note. Yeah, let's I go. Think, okay. Wrapping it up. Well, then. Charlie, you want to lead us out? I would love to lead us out. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> thank you all so, so very much for listening to the season one finale of your mom's podcast. I have been Charlie. I have been Avis. I have been Caroline. And I'm still Dylan. <laughs> you sure? And are you sure? I am. I am this time. <laughs> and we all hope that you will join us for the next season. If you're interested in seeing what we do on the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter and the TikTok, give us a follow. If you'd like, it would mean so, so much to us if you donated to our Patreon. And thank you for listening from the bottom of my heart. This was an absolutely wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah this was great. Thank you, guys. <laughs> this episode of Your Mom's Podcast was made possible in part by procrastination existential crises a change in perspective and of course who could ever forget support from listeners like you i love you if you'd like to further support our show you know you can follow our facebook page and follow us on instagram and twitter all at ympadcast and on tiktok at your mom's podcast you can also visit our website at www.padcast.com your mom's podcast is available on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another beautiful way that you can support our show. And, if you'd like to support us financially, did you know you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash yourmomspadcast. And always remember, never forget, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you so very much for listening to Season 1 of your mom's podcast. Goodbye.